This is Downrange with John Smith on the Broadway Media Podcasting Network. How should we begin? This podcast? Should we just start and should we just say go? Just just start off by apologizing. <laughs> you want to just get that out of the way mm-hmm. really? Just start off with sorry, I'm John Smith. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Downrange Podcast once again. Uh, we, only a week. We, we This is two weeks in a row that we've made it on time. Guys, we're really figuring this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only been eight months of us doing a podcast. No, it hasn't. Uh, no, it hasn't. It's been seven. We started in January. So it's been seven months. Whoa. Of course, two of those months didn't have any podcasting in them whatsoever. So Okay. All right. Now I feel a little bit. And at least two of those months were up to us just kind of half-assing it. So uh, this week, on that note, uh, this Speaking week, of half-assing uh, I am John Smith, by the way. I'm your uh, gruff but lovable host. With me this week, as always, is Jim York. Our, uh, Hopefully our the whole time. And, uh, and taker of phone calls during the podcast. <laughs> I only ask you for 30 minutes once a week. <laughs> it's on Mondays, though. That's a, a long ask. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those that don't know, we post this usually on uh, Thursday night, uh, maybe Friday morning, sometimes Thursday morning, depending on how soon I edit it. <laughs> but we record this on a Monday afternoon at a radio station in downtown Salt Lake. Also joining us is uh, producer Dylan. Uh, soon to not be anti-gun producer Dylan. He's you warming think? up to the idea. We're going to take him to a gun range. We're going to we're going to get you warmed up to the idea. No, take uh, our guest from last week out. See how that goes. If nobody loses a finger, we'll talk about it. Who was our guest last or week? two weeks ago? I oh, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. He I was there last week. Uh, yeah, he's he's stoked. Are you coming out with us? Yeah, we're going to go to the range on Sunday. Yeah, cool, awesome. And then uh, we have from the Salt Lake City Police Department, Officer Mike Ruff. Happy to be here. Pioneer Division Patrol. Still there um, in the middle of the night. For those that uh, are listeners of X96, uh, the radio station, which I work on during the day, uh, I was able to go out and do a ride-along with uh, with Mike back in, I want to say October. Yeah, October. And I know it was, st- it was getting kind of cold out. It wasn't quite winter yet, but it was fall, and it was getting kind of cold. And you were saying that, uh, man, we need to have you come back out in the summer because that's when more people are out breaking the law. Is that a, is that really a thing? People, it gets busier in the it summer. It gets busier in the summer? I think windows are open. People are out. So people hear people more. So we get more calls because people are here in parties and there's more people out and about downtown. So it definitely picks up in the summer. That makes sense. So uh, Salt, Lake Poli- Salt Lake City Police Department, you patrol the mean streets of the Beehive State. How long have you been a cop? Uh, just over 11 years now. Nice. And has it been with Salt Lake City the whole time? Yep. That's awesome. And you, like, Mike is a perfect example of of a cop that you want out on the street. Like, he is, uh, and I know it sounds like I'm kissing your ass here. <laughs> a little. But uh, really, when, when I rode along with you, I, I know a lot of cops, and I have cops in my family, and I, you know, I... I tend to to talk to cops whenever I get the opportunity. And I I talk to a lot of cops that are just really burned out. And seeing what's going on in the media nowadays, I can understand why. People are mean as shit to cops, and it's it's kind of frustrating. It's discouraging in many ways. Uh, There was this incident in Chicago just over the weekend where Chicago Police Department uh, ended up taking down a, a bad guy. And he was a bad guy, but even before alleged that they were allegedly a bad guy, you're going to get sued for defamation. Well, not by a dead guy. I'm not. Uh, but well, <laughs> let let me explain. 
Uh, Jesus fair Christ. Enough. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that happen. So Chicago police uh, shoots a guy, and people start gathering, jumping on police cars, saying, a white cop shot a black man who was unarmed, who was doing nothing but selling cigarettes. Well, it turns out he wasn't unarmed. He was concealing both a, uh, a Glock and two extra magazines under his shirt. Did he have a permit for that? He had a permit to own, but not a permit to conceal. Now, in Illinois, it is illegal to own a firearm without a permit, but you have to have a separate permit to conceal in public. Right. And he did have a permit to own the firearm that he was carrying, but he did not have a permit to conceal it, which is why he was being stopped. They had a suspicion that he was concealing a weapon. So they stopped him, he resisted, he fought, and then he pulled. Not only was he armed with a weapon that he wasn't supposed to be concealing, but he actually pulled it out. This is on video. Say no more. They have pictures of him pulling the gun out of the holster before he was shot. Justified. But now, people are still criticizing the Chicago Police Department for stopping him in the first place. I just spit all over you, dude. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I thought it. I there's thought a, it was raining. There's a lot of, I was like, oh, yeah, we're inside. There was a lot of peas in that statement that I just said. <laughs> so going back to, to, to Officer Ruff here, Mike is the perfect example of a cop you want out there because I could tell that he legitimately enjoys what he does. Uh, not just the aspect of being a cop, but I could tell in the way that you handled uh, the people that you pulled over. Uh, the people that uh, we went in, and it was it was really bizarre for me just being a dude in just a jacket and, like, jeans. Uh, like, we'd stop, and he'd be like, come on in. And I'd get out of the car, and I'd go where he went. So we went into a couple of domestic violence situations. Mm-hmm. We went into a guy that had been assaulted, uh, and you're kind of in people's houses, and it's a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but you're there talking to them and getting their story and getting their situation, and you were uh, super, super cool to everybody, be they a suspect, be they a victim, be they a, just a passerby, I really appreciated seeing the way that you handled everybody. It's a fun job. I love what I do. What um, what keeps you going, dude, after 11 years? How do you keep that attitude day after day? It's not personal. That's what I have to teach the recruits. When I teach new officers, it's, I do a job. So everything that goes on at work isn't personal. If somebody tries to hurt me, which they have, it's because I'm wearing a patch on my shoulder, not because they don't like me. So... Every person you deal with, you just have to remember that. If they don't like you, it's not because they don't like you. They, for some reason, don't like your badge. They don't like your patch. They don't like what you're doing because they've done something that's put them in a bad spot or somebody else has done something that's put them in a bad spot. We we meet people on their worst day. So yeah. you kind of have to keep that in mind. Of Most of the people I'm meeting with all the time, it's the worst day of their life. Yeah. And so – even being, if, even yeah. if they're happy to see you, like they've just been robbed or they've just been assaulted. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I've yeah. been assaulted in public at a car wash by a total asshole. But it was... <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. And I'm a guy who can take care of himself, but it really was unnerving. It was an affront to a civilized existence. Exactly. And you're dealing with people that have just been violated and wronged in a very personal way yeah well and especially if you're the assailant in that situation then it's the worst day ever like if you're the one that's being having the finger pointed at you saying like hey you're at fault here case in point some lady told my car right ran a red light she comes up to me you ran that red light i'm like we'll wait for the cops to show up (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Uh, we 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 haven't been able to talk about this because you were kind of dealing with this. Yeah, well, it's actually just come to like close. So we can I now talk just, about your car. Yeah, I just finally bought a new Forerunner. Okay, good deal. So after they told my Tacoma. But. So yeah, you had a you had a pretty badass truck that we took out shooting a few times. Yep, and you got slammed into, and you jacked your shoulder up, right? Or yeah. was it your back? Uh, it was my shoulder back ish. Yes, body. Are you okay now? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> 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 I mean, if you saw the last video I posted, I've got other injuries. But so, that was a what did thing. the cops say when they when they showed up? Well, he comes up to me. He's like. What happened? Give me your, you know, you give each party gives their statement. I'm like, take me out of this. Go talk to my my friend over here. I'm he will remain remain nameless, but go talk to him. He's a unbiased uh, bystander that saw the whole thing happen, and that's why I was just really glad that one I had a eyewitness, and two that the police were there to like deal with everything and well, that's and where i just didn't envy your position at the all. police actually went and got surveillance tape from nearby businesses and right. were able to get the whole thing yeah on camera as well yeah that's awesome if so it's not, if it's not on video it didn't happen i hear that all the time so. <laughs> <laughs> so so you got yourself a new car you got yourself all checked Which, out that's a whole other experience buying a new car i never want to do that again Dude, you're doing it wrong you need a good car guy i you're, my family owns a used car dealership. Then you're definitely doing it wrong. Um, Let's just say. Here's the trick to buying a new car. Okay, this is the uh, not, don't this. No, this <laughs> is the trick. Here's what you do. Okay, first you go to a you go to your credit union or your bank, and you get pre-approved. You find out how much you can you get. Did that. Okay. So then you go to the dealership and you say, okay, well I've been approved for this much. You find the car you want, that's maybe a little bit more right. than what you've been pre-approved for, and you say, okay. I've been pre-approved for $25,000, and I see that this car is marked at $29,000. So tell you what, if you can get this down to twenty-five, I'll let you guys do the financing. You'll be in and out of there in 45 minutes or less. <laughs> man. Anyway. But you got a new car. You did get a new car. I'm stoked for you, Good man. things. Can we, go uh, for a, uh, can we go for a joy right yeah. now? I'm all about it. I took it off-road. Go pull some Brodies? Yesterday. It was great. Yeehaw! Enough about me. We I'm, do have a special I'm glad, guest. Well, I just, I've been wanting to talk about this because this was like two months ago. Yeah. And so what happened to the lady? Did she get... Well, at the like at the incident, she was cited. So I'm like, this should be shut in like, shut right? case. I don't, I don't see why the insurance is even coming back at me. Like, she was cited. I wasn't. What more do you need? So Mike's over here shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. So from a police standpoint, what, what's Tra- the deal? Traffic accidents are civil. So it doesn't matter what we say. They're still going to try to fight it out because mm. we don't determine fault. That's a big misconception. Now, if we cite somebody, usually that makes a difference in the way the insurance stuff goes. And our policy is if there's something that we can cite for, we're supposed to. But it's not up to us. So we can do everything in the world, and then the insurance companies get it, and they will find ways to fight over it and argue it. And usually even if somebody says, oh, well, here's the citation, it's still we'll pay 70, you pay 30. Because don't don't think the job of an insurance company is not to pay you money when you're getting a car wreck. The job of the insurance company is to not pay you money mm-hmm. when you get into a car wreck. That's their objective. Yeah. That's why I'm really glad I got it all on video. Well, I didn't, but 
Somebody, somebody got somebody got, got it on it, video. It's it's always it's always a fight. No matter what we yep. do, it's always a fight, and that's one of the reasons our policies are like they are. But even then, we still can't make it. So so it's a traffic easy. accident is civil, even if it happens on a public roadway. Yeah, it's 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 most everything like that is civil in nature because an accident itself isn't criminal. So we don't have authority over things that are civil. We only have criminal authority. So we can cite somebody for the traffic violation, but the actual damage part is still a civil thing between the two parties whose property was damaged. That makes sense. Okay. So so she broke the law by running the red light, which caused the traffic accident. But that part is Those civil. Are two yep. separate pieces, which right. Yeah. So what? Well, if, what, what if what if they intentionally do it? What if they well, ram that, you intentionally? That that goes into assault and everything else, and that's a whole different story and, where we'd have to go into where there's going to be criminal charges. But the damage itself, you'd still have to go after them civilly for the damages, unless the criminal charges allowed the judge to say, "Hey, huh. you need to fix this." What about damage to property? Like, uh, I take a corner too fast and flip my car on somebody's lawn and. Knock a tree over. Still civil. That's all civil. Yeah. Except so for maybe speeding. Yeah. The, the, there's there's two parts to it. There's the traffic violations, which are criminal. They're infractions usually, but they're <laughs> still criminal. But the damage part of it, you still have to go through the civil courts to get that fixed, which is what insurance is. So, so let's get into, uh, since it is a gun podcast, yes. let's get into guns and police work. Okay. Uh, now, to carry a gun as a police officer, you have to go through how much training? So the initial academy, I just looked the other day. I had to get a recertification on something. My initial academy was about 845 hours of training. Holy. Wow. So it's it's about 21 weeks. That's more than I thought. Yeah. Like, That's honestly, a lot more that, than I thought. I, I was in the academy for 21 weeks from five days a week, eight to 10 hours a day. Um, there was usually one mm-hmm. day a week that was air firearms day where we were at the range for the whole day. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole day of legal every day, every week. We had a lawyer come in for eight hours. And go over. And what do you go over in that? I mean, that's everything. Stuff like we just <clears throat> talked about. Yeah. We're jacks of all well, trades. Yeah, I mean, you have to be an expert on. I mean, you yeah. you really are the expert on the law at that point. You you just have. I mean, you have to be have a general sense of it, and then you we look stuff up all the time because you just can't know everything. That the code book's gigantic. So challenge accepted. Yeah, it, it's impossible. <laughs> First, you have to I'll, learn. I'll quiz you next week. I'm gonna start learning. <laughs> um, I know Salt Lake City runs their own academy. Yes. Um, I didn't know that before I talked to you. You told me about this. Yes. So Salt Lake City runs their own academy. Are you guys the only ones in Utah that do that? Uh, we're the only ones as of now that have a full post that is our own. Um, it's like the satellite academies they run for like Salt Lake Community College and we were college. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's considered a satellite academy, but we as a department run it instead of you being able to go to Weber State and pay $8,000 and go through it. So while you're going through so my the friend, academy. He just graduated this spring from the Weber State. Mm-hmm. So now he's looking for a job. No, he got one. (laughs) He got one. A couple of them, actually. Yeah, there's there's lots of openings. Um, There's a lot more openings now than there used to be. Why is is that because of what we've been talking about? Is population that a, is growing. Well, the population's grown, but there aren't really more openings. That we haven't upped our numbers. We've upped them recently, but our numbers haven't grown a ton. The big problem is is the culture of society where it seems like everybody doesn't like us, which really isn't true. If, right. Like the latest, the Tribune just did a poll, and mo- like ninety four percent of the population said, "Yeah, we trust cops." But Absolutely, it's yeah. the vocal minority, so that makes it seem like people don't like us. But the other problem is things like retirement changed. They changed our retirement, so I'm on the old system where I can retire after twenty years with fifty percent of my three highest year salary average. The new guys come in, and it's like thirty seven percent after twenty five years. Damn. So. The benefits that people that you and then to they have. can't go work for another agency afterwards, right? Yeah, you can retire and come back after a year, but you can't double dip anymore. It used to be you could retire, you could come back, you could be drawing your pension and still 
be working and, and they've changed some of those rules yeah. which one of the things that benefit a lot of people was some of the smaller departments I mean, salt lake's huge unified's huge some of the smaller departments that have 10 12 officers would hire guys that spent 20 years in salt lake now they've got a guy that has a lot of experience right now mm-hmm. we're not seeing that because guys literally they retire and they just leave the profession altogether they go do other things they're gonna go be a greeter at walmart you know, we have guys that are getting all kinds of things, heads of security places. There's guys that – we've had guys recently leave to go sell solar panels places. So huh. I've got a neighbor that he's now doing pest control. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I can't – I mean I I always say that I'm going to leave this job and go be a park ranger because that would just – that's that's my retirement job. Or I want to be the old black guy that plays guitar in Disneyland. There's one well, problem be, with that. There's, there's a yeah. couple of issues that I got to deal with, but <laughs> yeah. I'm working on. Okay, it. I, I learning to play the guitar with, with yeah. my <laughs> high level income and 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 modern day technology. I think we can make that happen. Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> teachers told me that I can be anything I want, and I want to be an old black guy that plays guitar in Disneyland. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> I've got a question. Yes. What is your um? What is your carry weapon if you can say so the department issues glock 17s and glock 19s okay we're all they're depending on when you got hired there's some other options in there but that's you get to choose between the 17 and 19 yeah just usually between hand size now that the gen 5's out and you can actually change the back strap it's a little different what did you go with i have a 17 okay but i've had that for 11 years now so there was no gen 5 when i got mine one thing i learned was that um not all police academies or not all police uh, give you your, a gun when you get hired. Most there. don't. Most you right? have to buy your own. Uh, most departments will issue your handgun. Okay. But so some of the other things, like when I came on, we didn't have enough rifles, so my rifle that I carry in my car is mine. So I've purchased that whole thing for several thousand dollars. Do you have to buy? buy? Do you have to buy it from them? No. I built my own as long as it meets their specific specifications mm. that the training unit has to look at it and make sure that the trigger pulls where it's supposed to be. Right. You haven't put a hot trigger on it or things like that. But, yeah, as long as it meets certain criteria and it's passed off by the armors in the what, department. Uh, what, may, may I ask what that is? I have a Rock River M4. Nice. So, and a badge is the same stuff. way, I think, right? You don't, they don't give you a badge. You have to buy your badge? No. I've, I have no. – my badges are all issued. They're owned, they're owned by the department. So if I leave, unless the chief says I can buy it or gifts one to me, I have to give them all back. Okay, because I was so bummed when my friend who just graduated from the academy told me he had to buy his own hmm. gun because that means that someday when he's a renegade agent who's out, the chief of police can't be like, give me your gun and give your badge. Give me your badge no, and your weapon. Because he owns yeah. it. Now, when you go through like the self-sponsored academy, you're going to have to buy a gun to go through that academy to do firearms because you don't have an agency sponsoring you, sending you, saying, here, we're paying for everything, so you've got to have a weapon to get through that academy. So that may be part Maybe of that's what that what it was. So if you go through post, um, so the post academy in in uh, Taylorsville, Sandy now. San- did they move it? They moved it about seven years ago. What? Yeah, down at the it's at the Sully Community College campus down on ninety eight hundred y- South. You just barely missed it. Yeah. Well, seven <laughs> years ago, <laughs> something like that. How did I not know this? It's not down by the ball field. No, it hasn't anymore? been there forever. What? It's only almost the, a decade. Get right out of town. That new uh, this community college at ninety eight hundred South, five hundred West. Yeah, Sully, that's where it is now. No shit. Yeah. Larry Miller, the Larry Miller group helped pay for a new academy down there. They're good guys. So they like law enforcement. So, okay. So you go to Post Academy. Yes. Um, A lot of them have agency sponsors. In order to go to actual Post, you have to be sponsored by an agency. You can't pay your own way. No. You have to go to Weber State or to Solly Community College or any of those if you pay your own way. Okay. Uh, so that, okay, that, that answers my next, my next question. So if you're a, a reservist, I know a lot of local agencies, 
uh, have reserve police officers. Are they post certified? Yes, they have to be. Okay, so a lot, a lot of those guys like there, there's a guy that worked for us for a long time who now does a lot of other things and he's reserved for one of the departments just so he can stay involved even though he's got a full time job. We don't have a reserve program. Um, I know Cottonwood Heights I think does and uh, there's a few like other Lehigh departments. Yeah. and. Some of the smaller yeah. outlying suburb you, areas. You still got to be post certified. Yeah. And so, do do the agency sponsor them to go through post on that, or do you already have to be? I think most of those guys are probably already prior law enforcement who okay. are, have gotten out of it for some reason and just want to stay involved, and so they go to work for them. Or if you decide to pay your own way through one of the colleges, and they, they may do that, although. That's kind of hard because then you don't have any street experience, and most of the reserve guys are only working, you know, a couple shifts a month. So they, right. like, we go through now. It's I think sixteen weeks of field training. So after you graduate from the academy, you ride with a veteran officer for fourteen, fifteen, sixteen weeks. Other departments, it's it varies. We're one of the longest. So you go through all that training. Everything you do through that whole day is graded. Okay. every day so yeah that, i i'm one of the field training officers so i have recruits with me i ride in the passenger seat they're driving they handle everything but we're teaching them policy we're teaching them how to handle things paperwork all that stuff to make sure that they're not just okay here's your badge and your gun go <laughs> go get them because i'll tell you that first day out your first day on field training it, you feel like you know absolutely nothing it took me five years before i felt like i actually could go to a, every call and not have to ask a question now I've been there 11 years, and I'm pretty comfortable. That I still talk to the guys I work with all the time. Hey, what do you think about this? It's not like you just go, oh, I'm done. And you guys get together. You guys have your, your muster before. A, Our lineups, yeah. Yeah, the lineups, excuse me. So and I, that's, I got to go to that mm-hmm. when I got to the ride-along where you kind of go in and you guys kind of go over some some pictures and some so whatever happened the night before, maybe even a couple of nights before that. Yep. Um, talk about your informants and, and your regulars in the area. So I, I mean, you guys obviously know your beat better than than anybody, pretty yeah. much, right? It's, like I've worked the same area now for about four years. I worked this area before that for seven. So I've kind of been in two areas where I've worked for the most part. So I know my area really well. The guy I work with has been working that area for a decade. Um, oh, wow. He's been with the department twenty five years. So wow, especially those of us that have been on a long time, we know those areas and we know the people. And then we have our like our gang unit that knows what's going on with the gangs. They send us out emails. We have a daily briefing every day that gives us information on what's going on. People we may be looking for a house that may be a problem. Somebody who's having a problem that can call us and say, "Hey, I want you to check on my house." That's that's the other thing. That's a big misconception that I think a lot of people have. Like a lot of people think the patrol guys are like, like you're being punished somehow. Like I'm going to bust you down to patrol. There's a lot of us that love patrol. And I, it's a blast. I, that, I heard yeah. you say that the other day where you're like, what's wrong with patrol? I yeah. love patrol. There's a lot of us that, especially like graveyards, a lot of the guys have been on patrol for a long time. So it, it's, it takes a lot for me to even think about leaving. There hasn't been a lot of stuff I wanted to go do. So as soon as I find something, I may go. Um, I think another misconception, and we're, we're going to talk about guns a little bit because, again, it's, it's a gun podcast. It I, don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen the logo, <laughs> but we, we talk a, a bit about guns on this thing. So I know a couple of uh, – I have a couple of friends with, with Unified and with West Valley, and I hear about the guns that they take off the bad guys. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get your answer first, and then I'm going to share some of the other answers okay. I've got. When you take a gun off a suspect, what is the what is the the – the main offender what's the most common gun you take off of people i don't know that and, really, and why i don't know that there really is a common one is there a like common type no 
Like I've, we took a revolver off a guy the other night. I've pulled revolvers off people. I've pulled all kinds of semi-autos. They're usually not super high end. Okay. And they're almost always stolen. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. So that's, I, I've heard from, from three different people, Glocks are a big, they take a lot of Glocks off of people because people like to leave them in their car. People like to leave all guns in their car. It doesn't matter what type of gun it is. I think one of the reasons you see Glocks stick around in the criminal element is they don't have to do anything to them and they work. That's good point. You get some of these other ones and you do something, look at them sideways and they won't work. It's too technical. Yeah. So Glocks are easy for them to operate. (laughs) (laughs) Is it usually pistols? Yeah. Okay. We we do see rifles. We've seen more rifles, I think, lately. That's just me from what I've seen in terms of shootings and things like that. But they're not nearly as common as handguns because it's much harder to conceal a rifle or a shotgun. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen an automatic weapon used in a crime? Not that I can think of. I know like you personally. No, me personally, not that I can remember. That's I, you know, because you always see on TV. How about a suppressed weapon? I don't think I've ever seen one used in a crime that I'm aware of. But again, that that requires witnesses that actually probably see it. Right. We are a lot of times we only recover casings. But you've never you've never taken a suppressed weapon. Not that I've done. No. Good to know. Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I hear that a lot. Like people, like, I, I don't know why people like leaving their gun in their car. I cannot even, never in a, in a million years would I leave my gun. It, in it's against car. our policy to do it because like, people will break into a police car and steal it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Cause you know, it's, you, you see a cop car parked in a parking lot. It's like, I bet I know what's in the trunk of that thing. Exactly. So, it's, it's amazing. People go into clubs. They go to concerts. They're like, oh, I just don't want to carry this. I, they leave them in their garage. They park them in their garage and leave it in there and think, oh, it's in my garage. It's not that hard to get into your garage. Guys that are looking for guns know where to look for them. Right. Under seats and center consoles. And, you know, and I, being a conceal and carry holder, I try to keep mine on me whenever possible. But I know that if I'm going to a concert or if I'm going to a basketball game or if I'm going somewhere where – uh, one, the gun is not allowed, and two, they're going to pat me down. I don't take it. Exactly. I don't bring it with. If you're going to the bar to get car. drunk, I don't take it. your gun. Don't I leave it gun. home. Uh, yeah. If I catch myself out and I don't want to carry it into a business or I can't carry it into to a certain place, I'll put it in the trunk. Yeah, that's better than leaving it in the center console. But never in a million years would I just leave it in the cockpit of the car. And, and the other thing that's amazing about that is I bet most of the ones I've talked to, they don't have their serial number handy when they call us to report their gun stolen. Oh, my God. Which kills us because without that, we can't prove it's stolen or not. Right. And that's with everything. Yeah. Electronics, Can guns, you give us whatever. a description of the handgun, yeah. sir? I mean. Well, it's black. <laughs> yeah. It was um, a Glock. It's full of bullets. <laughs> like, like, record your serial numbers for everything because we get people all the time, well, they stole all my electronics. Can you get them back? Without your serial numbers, no, because no. I can't prove it's yours. Yeah, that TV looks like the other four hundred TVs we recovered this year. So when write those down. Um, when I buy a firearm, the first thing I do is I go home and I take it apart and clean it. One, uh, and then I take a picture of it. I take a picture of the serial number, and then I save it, and then I print it out and put it in the gun safe at home. Exactly. Uh, which I know if they take the whole safe. God bless them. Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to get my whole safe, yeah. At, Shit, man, if you work that hard, you could at have that them. point. Yeah, you're doing. <laughs> I don't want to ever see you again, <laughs> right? That's you managed to get a cemented safe out of a hidden room in my house. You, God bless you. Kudos to you, I, I Mammer, write, sir. I have to write my department one down every time we call, so I have that one memorized. Do you? Do you really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, how many times do you ever see a gun taken out of a house? Like, do people still go yeah, from houses? Burglaries. 
people will leave them under their beds and nightstands, whatever, and they don't have any sort of security on their house and their deadbolt doesn't work. And so, yeah. Bur- oh, bur- so bur- burglaries and car prowls, those are how most of the guns Guess that are out there go out, get out there. That's partially why I bought the Forerunner. More just like I used to have them. Like when I would go out shooting, I'd Put have them in the bed of the guns truck. in the bed of the truck and like go into the gas station. That always freaked me out. Yeah. yeah. And even during the, like trips inside a gas station, I'd take them, put them inside, go get like a drink and then go back out and have to do all that. It's like, I'll just buy a foreigner. This would be yeah. easier. Dude, my uncle, uh, who's a big shooter, he was taking uh, some people out shooting and he had like 15, 16 guns in the trunk of his yeah. car. And he went into a, a gas station to get a Mountain Dew and came out. And the car had been stolen. Never got the car back. Never cool. got any of the guns back. <laughs> right? I mean, that your heart just drops yeah. at that point. Because not only did you lose your vehicle, but you just lost like $10,000 worth of guns. Yeah. Oh, man, that would suck. Anyway, so love you, T. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That was a bad day. <laughs> Worst day. Very bad day. <laughs> See, and I'm so, sure he called the cops, and he's not going to be in a good mood. No, that's, <laughs> no. that's the thing. Yeah. So we heard about the incident in Salt Lake City a couple of weeks ago with the armed guard who shot a homeless man in the back as he was running away. How much training does a security guard need to be a armed person? So I'm no expert on it by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a few hours from what I understand, like 20 to 30 hours. Because I... I, I had an armed certification as a security guard. I was an armed guard for like a week awesome. of the organ donor building downtown. I was an armed guard overnight. So we had the, or, or the, organ, or the organ donor of the organ donor. Reg- I'm just like, so ah. when they would bring in and take out stuff, eyeball lenses, <laughs> yeah. cadaver bones. Is that a big problem? People being like, and so totally my well, one, obviously not because a, I slept most of the time. <laughs> I was a, I'm not going to lie. I was a terrible security guard. I was straight up awful at that job. But they gave me a gun. Uh it was a it was a Isn't that the was line a, from a Dumb and Dumber? They, they strapped this vest on me and gave me a gun. Strapped me, I strapped the vest on me and gave me a gun. No, they didn't they they put me in a polyester uh, uniform with a with a badge and mm-hmm. and uh, no vest. Couple hours is significantly less than eight hundred and forty-five. I had yeah. to take a written test. I don't recall any training, and I, I looked up some today. There, there's they have to do now pass a firearms qualification, but it's about twelve hours total. I think I, I did pass a qualification, yeah. but I didn't take any training on it. Yeah, and where we're talking, I also passed qualification when I was twelve in Boy Scouts. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas where we do, we have to do. They, we have, I think there's sixteen hours every two years to recertify. We have to have forty hours of training every year to keep our certification. And you guys up, up at Parley's? Is that where you guys train? That's our. That's one of our ranges. We have an indoor range at our other building, a yeah. small one too. Awesome. But um, yeah, so we have and we have three different firearms calls for our handgun. Plus, if you do rifle or shotgun, one for each of those every year. I wish everybody could get that kind of training. Which I know you guys do, Citizens Academy. Yes, we do that. Uh, people can come on out and do that. And then you also do Explorer Academy. Yeah, which is one of my big things. How? How? What? Now tell us for those that don't know what is the what is the Explorer Academy? So, well, the Explorer program is a program through the Boy Scouts. So it's part of the Boy Scouts exploring things where we have kids once they turn 14 up until they age to 21 so once they hit 21 they age out so they come to us they have uniforms they have a weekly meeting every week so every tuesday we have all year yeah year round i'll be there tomorrow um i'm one of the advisors so we have a main advisor and then several other officers who are collateral advisors so they come every week they get physical fitness training they get 
we do training basically the same stuff we put officers through for them and then during the summer there is a week-long academy where they actually stay at a middle school for the whole week they come on a sunday morning and they stay all the way until saturday afternoon they sleep there and everything they sleep there and everything they don't leave it's kind of like a mini little police academy slash swat school and they let me be the bad guy yes for their, uh, for the- I told you, I'm still super jealous. I did that for Davis <laughs> County once, and it was the best day ever. It was during the Explorer program, oh, and I got you. to go and 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 I got to be the bad guy. It was bad so guy during our active shooter scenarios. So. So and then you got to come fun. back the next week and do it again. Like, yeah, they they, they they gave me a gun. I'm over two on invite. Thanks. <laughs> I made so many people jealous that week. <laughs> I got some great pictures though. Uh, so how, if people want to know more about that, how do they find out? If they just go to our website, slcpd.com and there's a community tab and there's an explorer tab on there and there's an interest form and all kinds of information. That's about awesome. It. Does it, yeah. do they have to pay for the uniforms? Is it, are they issued so to you? How does that there's work? some things you have to pay for. It's very minor. If it's kids that can't afford it, they can write scholarship letters to the staff being us and we will try to pick up the cost of that. Um, most of our, our post is about 70% female of our 40 to 50 explorers we have right now and vastly minority so we've got i noticed that as well yeah it's it's a very diverse group we don't get a lot of the kids you people would expect us to have which is awesome we love that fact that we've got a lot of diversity in there so very cool uh and i had another what was that what else was i going to ask you i don't shit i forgot oh um as a conceal and carry permit holder i i'm always a little nervous when i get pulled over it's not a matter of if it's when uh, when do I inform the officer that I'm a concealed carry permit holder? Under the law, you don't have to. Really? Nope. They changed that law about three or four years ago. Son you don't of have a to bitch! Three or four years ago? Well, it just yeah. depends. Do you want a ticket or do you not? I want do a ticket? not want a ticket. Then now I, we always appreciate it when people I was tell say. Us. Okay, but and and usually the best thing to do if if I walk up to the window, keep your hands on the steering wheel. That way, everybody knows where they are, and just say, "Hey, I have a concealed carry. My weapon's here." Okay, no big deal. I uh, so that's the other thing. So when I get pulled over, I, I usually I try to turn off the car, have the keys on the dash, window down, and have the license already in my hand. It, it to me, just put your hands on the steering wheel. I don't even care if your car's I, off. Or I was going to say that. Then I realized that as the police officer's walking up, I'm yeah, I'm moving around, yeah, yeah. trying to trying to do the right thing, but then. That yeah. might be making but them they've nervous. seen just, a lot of the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Just just wait until we ask you to do something, then do it. That way, yeah, it's, okay. So I've got my license; it's in my right pocket. Yeah. I'm going to reach for it. Yeah. Cool. Can I grab right. my license? Sure. And there may be times. Uh, don't like if you say, "Hey, my gun's on my right hip, and my my wallet's right next to it." Okay, don't. I'll just grab your name and date of birth and go run you in my computer because I don't need your license Good to, to figure out who you are. I usually usually if I if if I'm carrying and I'm driving somewhere, I'll usually take it out of the holster and I'll put it in the backpack while I'm driving. Um, but yeah, so I don't usually, it's, it's uncomfortable. To, I'm just used to it, I guess. I say I've never been pulled over with a gun in my car. Never? But I haven't been pulled over in a while. What about when you were in the wreck? Did you have your gun on you when you got, when you got in the car? Because I was going to the gym. And you don't want to leave your your gun in the car. Mm-hmm. Or in your or gym in a locker. locker. Or, gym, which gets, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I literally live like three blocks away. So was, how, uh, how often, we saw the story recently about the lady who left her gun on a changing table at the aquarium. Mm-hmm. Uh, which look, I know, I understand, and I, I, I warn about when I when I teach and when I instruct at the range, I tell people all the time, beware of complacency. Yeah. Right now, on your first day at the range and your first day holding the gun, you're going to be hyper aware and you're going to be really alert. But as you carry that gun every day, 
you're going to get more and more complacent when it comes to safety. At first, it's constrictive. Yeah. Do not become complacent with, with your gun. How often do you see and hear about that? I've never had one in 11 years. Outstanding. So it's pretty rare. That's good news. I, I don't think that we have too many that are just left laying around. We have far more stolen out of that's, cars and everything else. That's both motivating and unmotivating yeah. at the same time. I remember I was working at a Blockbuster video once. Taylorsville, store number four, bitches. <laughs> There's only one left. There's only one left. And Oregon. Hang in there, Oregon. <laughs> We're rooting for you, buddy. By the way, look up last Blockbuster on Twitter. That'll be the best thing you see all day. <laughs> it's being hilarious. It's pretty great. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Right? Yep, yep. Perfect. So I was at Blockbuster Video. Again, a job that I was absolutely terrible at. I got fired from the Blockbuster Video in Taylorsville on uh, 54th and Redwood. I got fired from that same store three times. <laughs> I got fired and then rehired in That's the same desperation. day. Yeah. There's was, nobody else left. Just bring John back. It was close to my house. <laughs> I got fired. Him. So I got fired for leaving early. And then they called me, and they're like, hey, we need somebody to come in tomorrow. And I'm like, you fired me. <laughs> they're like, yeah, so if you want to come in and fill out an application, we'll rehire you. <laughs> so I literally had to drive back down, <laughs> fill out an application, and get rehired. That's amazing. Like four hours after I got fired that same day for leaving the day before that <laughs> two hours early. So good. So anyway, um, there was a police officer who came in. And this was like 1995, 1996, somewhere around there. And the cop had had a gun on his on his belt. He was uh, a plainclothes guy, probably a detective or something <laughs> or other. Um, and it was in the way of his wallet, and he needed to get his Blockbuster membership card out. You see, kids, back before Netflix. <laughs> so he pulled out the gun, flops it on the counter, says, sorry, it's in the way of my wallet. So he unholsters, sets it on the counter, and I remember it was a forty-five. It was a 1911, uh, and he set it there, and the hammer was back. And awesome. so I'm sitting there, and I was like, okay. Just take the damn tape. And he – well, and that was the thing. Like, And he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm a police officer. Don't worry. And he sets it down. And so I'm like getting ready to – we had this little barcode that we're supposed to scan if we're getting robbed that immediately alerts. Yeah. <laughs> Corporate that we're getting robbed, and they call 911. Gotcha. It also opens a register so that I can. We got robbed twice while I was working there anyway. <laughs> so I was getting ready. I'm like, oh, f- here we go again. <laughs> so I'm like getting ready to scan this thing. And he's like, oh, it's okay. I'm a cop. And he pulls out his membership card. He rents, like, I think it was the Long Kiss Goodnight or something <laughs> awesome. like that with Gina Davis <laughs> and uh, gets everything, pays for it, and then leaves. And his. His weapon is still sitting there on the counter. And so I'm like, excuse me, what do we do? I don't want to touch it. I don't want my fingerprints on this thing. Because he said he was a cop, but I didn't see a uniform or a badge. I don't know what's going on. There's kids running around. You know, there's some kid back there trying to get the sex tape. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, And he comes back in. He goes, oh, I guess I forgot something, huh? And he grabs it by the barrel. And carries it out that way. I was really hoping he was going to just like grab some red vines and walk out. Of <laughs> I'm just like, what just happened? <laughs> what? And luckily, you know, luckily for him, this is before the days of digital cameras, because it was like, well, and now our corporate gone was like, viral. and and so my store manager was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to tell corporate, but go ahead and erase that tape. We don't want anybody to know. And I'm like, 
What? <laughs> Why? Cover, what happened? Cover stories. There's at least a 50% chance that wasn't a cop. At, just at least. Yeah. At least a 50% chance. You'd like to hope he was just a liar. But this was before well, the day. We have cop. bad cops, too. There like, are, there conceal and are, carry yeah. permits weren't a thing yet. Like, that wasn't a thing. So, I don't know. Like, I've heard of cops leaving it at home. Like, they show up to work and it's like. Oh, I think we've all done I, that. I've left my gun at home. I've done that once. Really? Yeah, because I got out of my routine, and so I usually have some the same thing I do every right. night, and something had changed, and so I got oh, I got to go back. It happens. You got to go all the way. It's home. it's more likely that you're gonna leave jail, and it's guys usually won't leave it in the boxes anymore because they stick the key in their holster. But you have to put it in your trunk if you don't put it in the lockbox because you can't take your gun into jail. So you'll jump in your car to go someplace and forget to grab it out of your trunk. I think everybody's done that at least once. It, it happens. We had uh, at Camp Liberty in Iraq in Baghdad. Uh, this is a section of the famous Victory Base complex where you hear like where, where like Stephen Colbert did his show and all this. They're, they're all kind of the same complex. Yeah. Uh, there was a National Guard member who uh, was in using the phone at a thing called the MWR. It's the Morale and Wellness Resource Center. Uh, and he went in, and he had his M4, and he left it there, and somebody else retrieved it. And it, he went, seriously, he went like three days before somebody finally called him out on it. So luckily, a member of the Utah Army National Guard in the 19th was a guy who actually found it, and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to hold on to it until, yeah. he, until, until I can find out who it belongs to. And so this kid... This guy, I think it was, I, I want to say he was like the Kentucky National Guard or something like that. And he's wandering around and they're like, dude, where's your weapon? And he's like, oh, it's broken down on my backpack. I got it. I was cleaning it when, when I came on duty. So it's yeah. in my backpack. I got to assemble it and then I'll, I'll stand watch. But, you know, this guy, he never left the fob. He never left. But you're supposed to have your weapon on you at all times. Right. And this dude went three solid days. Before, before his CEO finally called him in and he's like, yeah, somebody in the 19th policed your weapon. You better... You might want to go yeah. retrieve that. Gear adrift is a gift, mofo. So <laughs> I've never lost mine. I've just forgotten to put it back in when I've left it in my safe. But you've so. left it at home. You yeah. haven't ever left it at no. an aquarium better or there, blockbuster. on the no. counter of a blockbuster. It, it, it's either, it's either, either been insecured in my car and I forgot to throw it back in for five minutes or I drove to work and realized on my way to work, hey, it's still in my safe because I took it out for some reason. Right. Mm. Yeah, see, there you go. This was the same blockbuster video where I got a ticket for jaywalking. Uh, walk into the Arby's, which... <laughs> Uh, you know how much I love Arby's, right? Yeah, I do know. So, <laughs> well, I was going to say, all they had to do was like set up, and they're like, he's going back in the, the next five nah. minutes. So here's what happened. It was I remember the date. It was April 1st, 1998. I remember this well because it was <laughs> written on the ticket. Uh, and this was before Unified Police Department was a thing. This was before Taylorsville had a police department. So it was, so the, it was still the Salt Lake County Sheriff's Department. And I had 15 minutes of a break to go get lunch and go back. And so I had to walk across 54 South and walk over to that Arby's, which is in front of like, it's now planet fitness. It was mm -hmm. a discovery zone at the time. Mm -hmm. And there was the man movie theaters, uh, the car mic, you know, all that. There was like a Fred Meyer there. Yep. And I was like, well, I can't walk all the way down to the crosswalk and then cross the street, and walk all the way back up. Cause that's going to take me a half an hour to go across the street. And there's an Arby's literally <laughs> right across right the street. There. And so I went across, and I'm wearing my stupid khaki slacks and my my blue blockbuster polo shirt, you know. And I've got my my stupid plastic name tag on. That my name tag said Ferris on it. it said hi, my name is Ferris. <laughs> Bueller, um, yeah, right. Bueller. <laughs> we were allowed to use fake names if it had a movie reference in it. <laughs> and so, because it was a movie place, so my name was Ferris. So uh, as I'm walking across the street. Uh, 
I'm getting ready to, and I'm standing kind of in the shoulder, and a, uh, a Crown Victoria pulls up, and they had the old like ball lights mm-hmm. on top, and he rolls down the window, and he's like, "Hey," I'm like, "Yes, sir," and he's like, "I hope you're not planning on crossing the street there," and I'm like, "I am just going to Arby's. Why?" And he's like, "Well, don't because I'd have to, I'd have to cite you for jaywalking," and I said, "Oh, okay. Hey, thanks for the warning," and he's like, "Yeah, no problem," and he drove off. <laughs> so you went across the street. <laughs> And I'll be damned if he didn't flip on the rollers, <laughs> flip a bitch, and come around. And he stands out of his car, and he gets out, and he's got the, you know, this is the old old sheriff's uniform. So he had, like, the pink pants and the brown, the dark brown shirt. And he gets out, and he's like, what are you, stupid? And I remember <laughs> he had this handlebar mustache like, like, uh, like, like Kurt Russell has in Tombstone. And he's like, what are you, stupid? And I'm like... <laughs> No, why? And he's like, I just told you not to cross the street. And I'm like, oh, I, it's April 1st. I thought you were April Fool's me. <laughs> I thought you were just kidding. Uh, and no. he looked at me and he he said, and I shit you not, he said, son, the sheriff don't April Fool. <laughs> he's like, awesome. where's your ID, Ferris? <laughs> and so the, the ticket actually says individual with the name tag indicating his name was Ferris. <laughs> Actually named Jonathan C. Smith was was observed crossing the street illegally. That's amazing. At thirteen hundred hours, whatever, and uh, luckily um, they they didn't make me pay the fine. I went to court. The judge threw it out. That was nice of them. I went to court just to see what would happen, yeah. honestly, and to get out of work. But uh, luckily they threw it out. So I have one last question: What kind of car do you drive? Police car? Yeah, I've got a, a Ford. Explorer, basically. The Interceptor okay. SUVs. That's what we're, all of our new cars are. They're all the SUVs? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you, what, can you go into the details of what's modded on the engine? It's really not a modded engine. Really? It is, it is fast. It it's felt- quick. It's, I mean, it's got a 300 horsepower V6 in it, but it's not modded by any stretch. It's not, Highway gets some of the ones that have the dual twin turbochargers on them. We don't really have any need for that in the city. That would be kind of silly. The police Interceptor engine that they put in. They're, is that even a thing anymore? No, it's it, they use just whatever engines they're using in their regular stuff. The the things they change are like suspension, cooling, um, all heavy duty alternators, things like that. Because of all the equipment we run on our cars, gotcha, there's so much yeah. electronic equipment in there now that and you're idling all the time, and so it overheats a lot. You go over curbs, things like that. So that's one of the fun things in EVO. You get to go over curbs at 45 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anti gun, Dylan. Do you have any last questions for for Mike Ruff before we take off? Can you arrest John for anything today? No. Okay. He's wow, my fr- that was, that he's was fast. <laughs> he's my friend. He didn't even think about it. That was great. I, I, I tried. If you would, I asked if you could. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I haven't seen anything. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, my big thanks to Officer Mike Ruff, Salt Lake City Police Department. Can we get the chief on? Yeah. We'll work on that. Wow, that was fast. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Pacing those people, so, right? Uh, yeah, let's 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 hook that up, man. I'd love to get we'll some more that. cops in here. That'd be awesome. Big thanks to Jim York, Black Rifle Coffee Company, for coming in this morning. Uh, and big thanks to Anti Gun Dylan, mm-hmm. our our intrepid producer. Uh, until next week, ready, aim. This is Downrange with your host John Smith on the Broadway Media Podcasting Network. Pew, pew, pew. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.